Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99. Oh, this is very serendipitous. I didn't even think about that. Of Middle of the Road, the podcast. We are flashing back to episode 99, (laughs) the year 1999, with our pick today, which is one of my picks, and that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. Uh, This was his third feature film. It stars everybody that's awesome. The biggest name star is Tom Cruise and Julianne Moore. John C. Riley. Who else? John C. Riley. Felicity Hoffman. Yeah. Jason Robards. Frogs. William Phillips. William H. You Macy. said Philip Seymour Did Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, frogs. Yeah. Frogs. <laughs> I feel like we're missing some. Jimmy. Who played Jimmy Gator? Uh, what's his name? Philip Baker Hall, uh, Melora Waters, and the Seven Up guy. Do you remember the Seven Up guy? No. Who's the there Seven the, Up guy? There's a commercials. There's a guy. He was called the Seven Up guy. He plays the. Um, he's the unseen. Orlando Jones. That's running. Orlando Jones. He. His. He. He was supposed to have a full arc. With his little brother, who is the rapping kid, but he was his his plot was removed. He, there was room for a whole other character arc in this movie, and he was edited out of. Yeah, because who needs diversity? <laughs> I just I just remember him from uh, Evolution. Evolution. Um, yeah, he he bought two movies that worked for him. Colson was in this. Oh Clark yeah, Craig. Um, yeah. Clark Craig, very, yeah. I was excited briefly, to see him. But yeah, Paul F. Tompkins and Marilyn Ricecup are voices on the phone. Uh, what is Magnolia? It is long, uh, long, but it's a movie about pretty much everything and about how sometimes strange things happen on the same day as the prologue sets up for Which- us. Three hours into this movie, I had completely forgotten about the prologue. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's how this movie started. <laughs> oh, Ricky Jay is great as the, he's in the, um, he plays the producer of the show, and he's also the narrator of that sequence. But He was yeah, also in I'm, Mystery Men, let us not forget. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson is right there with Wes Anderson, insert Lauren Grone, um, for one of I, I fluctuate on them being my favorite working directors. I, I thought you were going to say favorite working Anderson, but Anderson. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson is someone who I've, I've I've loved since this movie. I would say this is the first movie I really fell in love with. I consider Boogie Nights probably my second favorite movie of all time. But uh, interestingly, where I rank these now, not to get into his whole filmography, but. I think Magnolia is actually kind of towards the bottom at this point for me, but I still like wholeheartedly love this movie and the balls it has to just try all these crazy things. But I believe this was the first time I know Ben had seen it was seeing it for the first time. But Lauren, had you seen this before in the past? No, I think off the top of my head, I've maybe seen two Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Okay. 
Well, I just know uh, people of our age, 30 and over, this is a big kind of dorm movie for cinephiles, I think. Not in a bro-y way, but if you were hanging out with anybody that was into movies, I it would have been pretty easy for someone to make you say, oh, you got to watch Magnolia. I, I, I believe, I, I didn't see it in theaters, but I think I saw it pretty quickly after it was on home video. But yeah, what did you guys think as, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an unabashed lover of this movie, but what did you two think? Well, it was definitely long. I will mm-hmm. say that for the most part, like the first 10 minutes, like the opening spiel, like, oh, I was really panicking because if the rest of the movie was going to be that fast paced, <laughs> it was going to be a real hard watch for me. But like, honestly, the first half of the movie, I mostly enjoyed. I definitely there was plenty of characters I didn't like, like mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Yeah, oh, his character. What is it? There's something on the wall at some point that's just like, how to turn that friend into your sperm receptacle. It's like, dear God. Uh, Yeah. But it's like, so, I mean, but I was interested in the characters mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed it. There's a lot to like. I mean, there's a lot of characters for you to uh, potentially And I will say for a three hour movie, it didn't drag for me like some of the other movies Mm -hmm. you've made me watch. This is no eyes wide shut. No. But then like around (laughs) the half half point i guess i started to lose interest yeah it, what would you say the turning point i honestly was? What part of the movie? don't know i just yeah. think there was just we were getting deeper into these characters that i didn't necessarily like necessarily care about because it's mm-hmm. like we were getting into tom cruise's backstory more and it's like yeah but that doesn't forgive who he is now and yeah so just different things like that and julian moore i usually like but this movie she was hard for me She's going for it in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, the, like the she's scene doing something in the pharmacy. She's acting with her teeth like crazy, like she's <laughs> like a piranha in there. But it's like I don't know. I don't know what it was that turned me off to it. But I just yeah. No, I, I mean it's a weird, unusual. It's I mean, like I said, she's going for something. Mm-hmm. Like the shut the fuck up scene she's is like a mesmerizing. Very, quote unquote but, hysterical woman in this. Yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, her. I think her arc is. I've grown the most sympathetic. Like. She's like, I was this terrible person, yeah. and like, yeah, it's it's a, such an interesting thing, and she's not easy to like, like you said. Um, and then she's also suicidal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think character complexity in this movie is just what's so amazing. And then when you've got three plus hours to do that, you can afford to to have that complex mm-hmm. of characters and this many. But yeah, I agree. I could totally see why Julian Moore was tough to getting yeah. into. And then, like, yeah. I mean, but there's some characters I continue to like. Like, for the most part, I like John C. Riley Because mm-hmm. he's always just a very sympathetic person in his films. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then one of the other guys, who's, like, one of the main people you sympathize with, turns out to be a horrible person. That was my biggest problem Ben mentioned that to me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and oh, we should make you care dies. about this guy. And then, oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought, did a really good job. Yeah. He did, yeah, yes. He's great. Which is just, you can say that about every movie he's in. So. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> uh, ben? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think it dragged on way too long. Mm-hmm. Just I. Was there a certain point where you kind of just, were you, were you always kind of in and out? Or did was did it was there a certain tipping uh, point for you? I mean, it, the only time I was really in it the entire time was during the prologue, which was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then the first sequence with Tom Cruise on stage, just for it's like an incredible, yeah, and just for the sheer acting. like what the fuckery that's happening, <laughs> like 
It's like, did he just, did he just say it? Oh my, oh my God. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. I thought Julianne Moore had some, some good moments. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was probably the best part of the movie. William H. Macy was great too. Mm-hmm. He looked so much like what's his face um, the from Shuffler. Jerry Maguire, Jonathan Lipnicki, oh. <laughs> like an adult version of him. Both uh, really smart when they were kids. I liked his arc. I mean, I think there were some some parts that I did really like. I liked the tail end of Tom Cruise's stuff. He also likes the tail end. I'm sure. Ho ho ho! ho. <laughs> I enjoyed the stuff of William H Macy. Everything with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but the rest of it just felt. I don't know. It just felt like. This could have been a couple of movies, and it would have been all right with me, but it just, it was too much in one in one sitting, you know? <laughs> um, I remember someone, we used to have movie nights when I was back in St. Louis, and I, I picked this one for the group that we watched it with, and it was interesting. I had, it was like a few people that had never seen it before, and they were like in it and like couldn't wait, but they got to the end and they're like, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I forgot how long. They're like, they were so pissed at me that we made them watch. <laughs> they're like, they're like, I couldn't look away, but I just did not like anything. But it's so frustrating. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of like, like every, like again, that goes to the complexity. Philip Seymour Hoffman's the only person that is like, there's nothing you can really pick at. I mean, the like little boy. That person. Yeah, that too. Yeah, don't, don't forget about him. Oh, what a fucking set of horrible parents. This whole movie is just a big F you to parents. Yeah. <laughs> and that was very much... Boogie Nights has a similar daddy issues. Uh, they kind of pinned Paul Thomas Anderson with that after these two movies. I just... I don't know. I feel for so many of these people throughout... And then I'm also just blown away by the technical stuff. And then the acting, he just asked them to just, like, go for it. And even though, I mean, Julian Moore's going for it. Tom Cruise is going for it even more. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of the most fantastic performances I've ever seen, I think. Even if he's a horrible, deplorable person. Would you say you were seduced and destroyed by his performance? (laughs) Entirely. I just, but the thing though, I, I, I mean, I granted, I don't understand the, the, all of the psychology behind it, but I, mm-hmm. I just, if he has daddy issues, why, why does he have this awful depiction of women? Like, well, I think dad wouldn't, was, wouldn't dad was a fuck up too, though. Yeah, if, I mean, like, wouldn't yeah. you just hate like men? Wouldn't he be like I mean, a maybe, super feminist yeah, or something? I, I wouldn't know, but maybe it's just he doesn't want to get emotionally attached to anyone mm-hmm. because he's seen someone get destroyed by that. I guess. Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's clearly just got fucked up, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the shit he went through, I don't think it's like... I can see what you're saying, like that line of thinking, like how does he not... You know what? It, it, how, do, how does he not be like, dudes are... Men are assholes, and I'm going to teach I men mean, not to be assholes. victims often become perpetrators, mm-hmm. so it's uh, not uncommon. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this on a previous episode. No, I won't. Be- I'll say that was not a generalization of all victims. Just well, put that out there right now. <laughs> I, I've mentioned this problem before in a previous episode, which was unfortunately snowmaned. Uh, the snowman, because <laughs> I think like the the main bad guy was it had a very similar. You know, he hated women, 
because of his father. I'm impressed you remember that movie so well. I don't. (laughs) I just remember being like, what the fuck? Well, that's already more than I remember, I think. I just... I I just remember being like this this makes no fucking sense. Like that's <laughs> that's the recollection I have for this movie. That and me just feeling really bad for uh Fast Fastbender, Michael Fastbender. Mm. Just that poor poor man. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. Frogs Oh yeah, how do we feel about the frogs? <laughs> it was definitely unexpected. I had yeah. I had to Google it. Was just yeah, like, it's definitely happened. I didn't Google yeah. it. I know I've heard of it before. Playing I, mean, I was just like, is this some? Is this supposed to be some kind of like religious metaphor? It's like no. <laughs> there's like tornadoes that pick small water, like water. I mean, there are tornadoes up that, and throw like, them into pick the... up sharks and throw yeah. them. <laughs> Not quite Sharknado, but. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration is there. <laughs> yeah, I was already. Oh, that put me in such a bummed out mood because, like, the first one of the first frogs we see hit the <laughs> hood of um, what's his face, John C. Riley's car is still moving. It's like, oh no, <laughs> he's probably broken every bone in his body, and yeah. you can feel everything. Like, so yeah, by the time we got to the dog, I was already hurting pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine being a PA on the set for those sequences. Like, all right, I'm gonna be sweeping up all these. You want us to do frogs? You want us to do what now? It's so hilarious. At the same time, like when John C. Riley's walking away from William H Macy's car, he's just like sliding around on the pavement. Like that's so disgusting. That was so hard to watch when he falls on his face. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that was everything to, to watch me, with. To me, that everything was everything with him is hard to watch. That was that was worse than the the scene in um, American History X. Like that was just <laughs> oh, oh no oh my god oh Jesus oh yeah but see he got what he wanted he reasoned for that oral surgery. <laughs> John or John not so sure. um who is that we were just talking about William, William H Macy. Macy. All these three uh, initial people. Um, he <laughs> is so sad and pathetic in this movie. He's even sadder and more pathetic in Boogie Nights, if you can believe that's possible. <laughs> but I laugh, every, I chuckle every single time we see him driving and we hear that same song coming out. <laughs> it's just some, like, I don't know, it sounds like, what's her face? Um, the fast car who died. What was her name? She was really big around that time. Um, I don't know. Joan something? Something Joan. I don't know. Not Joan Osborne. She was the God song. Save Me song. Fuck. I can't remember. But I don't know. what. Every time they cut to... I feel like it uses just the right amount of hearing that music to get you a little chuckle See, in me right that was there. a part that definitely turned me off to this movie. The musical interlude. <laughs> oh, that... See? I don't know. I um, the the song is great by Amy Mann. See, and I'm then, not as big not on a- Amy Mann as you are. Like by okay. the time just listening to the songs of hers in this movie, by the end of it, I hated her. <laughs> <laughs> not to say I did beforehand, but it was like just so much of her in this. It was just so loud and like in the forefront. It's like, nope, I don't need to hear these songs ever again. I honestly it- don't remember much of that. Like I just. I just this movie did not impact me that much. <laughs> well, it's interesting seeing that and just how clearly Richard Kelly ripped it off in Donnie Darko, kind kind of with the montage of all the people in that movie, other than that movie, to the uh, Mad World. They're not singing. Do they sing in the Donnie Darko version? I don't think they're singing in uh, that. It just shows them all being 
they're all singing as the time portal closes or whatever. Um, spoiler for Donnie.go. Um, <laughs> I think rewatching, I think, the, oh, I don't remember if Ben agreed with me. We briefly touched on this because we went and saw a movie together the other day. The game show stuff, I feel like, is the weakest link. Agreed. There, there's some great flourishes in there. And, like, I love the monologue moments that, um, what's the kid's name? I don't remember. It has some great Luis Guzman moments, that's for sure. See, uh, I feel like between, like, other than Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff, I feel like the game show stuff was actually the stuff I was most invested in. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, Because there aren't as de- many detestable characters, I guess. Yeah. Until, until you until find out is. later, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just remember when we first get there and they're just like the camera work Stanley, following everyone around. It just, I don't know. It was just an interesting, like, it was just an interesting part of the movie to me where there were people mm-hmm. I could connect to. Yeah, I mean, that, I remember enjoying it more. And again, I, this is like shades of, I still think it's pretty great. And it's got quite the roller coaster yeah. as you, you know, Stanley goes through his stuff yeah i don't know maybe other than the camera pacing it was a calmer moment in the movie <laughs> between uh tom cruise and god well, I, there's julia too moore. many people in this movie to remember names yes julia moore <laughs> stanley when he has his last monologue before they cut to convert like in uh philip baker hall's just like i don't know i don't i do love that moment like the culmination of those scenes is so heartbreaking to me. Just like, yeah. why do I have to be put on? He gets Stanley too. Like those other kids were useless. Oh yeah, they <laughs> fucking suck. But 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 Stanley's ending is there's no hope at the end of it either. His dad's still just like Ugh. oh yeah. But like I mean, at My the end of the day, breaks. I think the hope for him is just he does have an escape for it. Yes, that's true. He and knows. that, and that he knows his dad is garbage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I like, guess I don't. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going gonna to... be. He's not going to try to appease him. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's going to be, be as affected Donnie. negatively in his development mm-hmm. as, say, maybe some of the other characters were by their past. Mm-hmm. William H. Macy was. I mean, they're a Why great... are we just in general, though? Because so many yeah. fathers yeah. screwed their kids in this movie. <laughs> Sometimes <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> literally. Oh, oh God. Oh. Gotta go take a shower, guys. Yeah, Jesus this Christ. whole like this whole movie, I was just thinking... <laughs> what was I thinking? It was just... Poor Alex Trebek, and then <laughs> it turned into this tune. Well, because you know Alex Trebek, he has cancer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's just, just a real bummer. Alex Trebek. <laughs> now I, I feel bad now. That was that. What do you guys think about Melora Waters, who played Claudia? And I... I've always really loved her performance. She hasn't. She's been in stuff. You would, you if you looked at her IMDb, you would be like, oh, she was in that. Yeah. You really recognize her. She's uh, kind of a chameleon. Yeah. But this was this has always been her biggest movie. She's she's got a decent part in Boogie Nights, but I've always really loved her. I love the final shot. It takes you out. Oh, I hate that yeah, shot. Which... It's like a, it's a horror <laughs> film ending all of a sudden. <laughs> I I liked. I think like her character. I kind of. I kind of hated her at first because she was just like, man, she's such a it was just jerk. A very she's terrible. Yeah, and like terrible to her father and all that. And then mm-hmm. with the reveal, you're like, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. Ben's describing why this movie is so amazing right in this moment. <laughs> well, I think she, uh, yeah. Going back and rewatching it, I'd mm-hmm. probably be like, wow, this person is fucked up. Like it, ju- yeah. It just speaks to every why she is the way she is, and she doesn't play the part as it's not a stereotypical like 
damaged. He could have gone overboard and had her shooting heroin and yeah, you know, like could have been a lot worse. But I mean, she's but, she's yeah. trying to cope. Yeah, uh-huh. she's like self medicating. Coke. Trying to coke. <laughs> no, she's succeeding in that. Yes. <laughs> Her and Riley do have this amazing, weird chemistry, too. Like They do, yeah. You're, you're, you're not sure that they are right for each other, but the way that they their energies bounce off each other is perfect. You, and he's you either them, the worst cop, though, or the most compassionate <laughs> person in the world. <laughs> he's so sad, too. Poor John C. Riley. Like, he's at the murder scene in the beginning, and yeah. some other but dude like, who wasn't even there is explaining what happened. But asking someone out who you've accused of doing drugs <laughs> and search your house is so manipulative. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's a little, he feels a little retrograde. I think it fits for the character, but like that guy and to, like he's, he's, a, he's a little quote unquote problem, problematic, not just from being a cop and like manipulating some woman into giving going on a date because you're a cop and maybe you could arrest her. Like, he doesn't give that vibe. Yeah. It doesn't feel like an entrapment, but he also just it's feels It's more like very... he's not even aware of... Like, he's not he's not using his status as an advantage. He's, it's like he's yes. not even... He's oblivious to it. I think it's more coming from... He, he feels like he has to be a man who has to protect the woman. Like, he feels old school in that way. And granted, it's a 20-year-old movie... So that was a little bit more standard case back in that time. I wonder if he would have ever made this movie after, like, post 9-11. Like, this, a movie about people that are bored and sad with their lives. Like, I think we can talk about this again, too, when um, we talk about John's pick, 99 Fight Club. Those are both interesting movies where the ideas that they're dealing with is very, very much like an end of the 90s feeling before the paranoia of the 2000s kicks in a couple years later. Yeah, I will say John C. Riley coming in at the end to sit on our bed, it's kind yes. of disappointing in the sense that it's like he gets to be the hero. And But I also but think the point I that just, we don't I hear appreciate... anything he says is, well, you kind is a of big do, tell. But it's like... Yeah, I'm, it's muffled. I mean, on the one hand, it's like, I wish the... What, what was her name? Uh, Claudia. Yeah, I wish it would have just been about her because like her overcoming something and not having the hero come in and save her. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I just appreciate her character having hope Mm because so much of it was just her destructiveness towards herself. I think you could argue that she, because she leaves him the last time we see him is she fails on him. And by reconnecting with her mom and having the truth finally be out there has a lot. And granted, it's one night. It's a lot to move on. I was so pissed at that mom too. (laughs) Because oh. <laughs> like if you, how did she if, not realize it? <laughs> no, I think the problem is I think she did realize it and she okay. stuck with and him anyway, just, and like yeah. just didn't ever like. I feel deal like with it. no, I just think she 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 was like, oh, you know, my husband and my daughter had a fight, and she's overreacting, but she never was like. But just she the never way that she brings considered. it up, I don't know. The I, way she, she brings it up answer. seems like she, she definitely suspected answer. for a while. Yeah. And this was like at all, all, everything was on the fucking table at this point. And yeah, I think I'm more yeah, with Lauren I, I there. Like she, she might have, she, she knew what the answer was when she asked the question. Which screw that guy too. He's like, how do you yeah. not know if you molested someone? It's like, you know. Oh, that fucking answer. Yeah. That's when you're just like, fuck you. Like this. Yeah. What a, uh, he's so good too, though. Like I'm not sympathetic towards him, but he's the, so the, He plays the role moment. well. Yeah. 
He is so fucking Did he end up shooting himself? I can't remember. No, the frog. Oh, that's him. right. Through the skylight. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And we get that great shot that follows like the frog all the way down through into the yeah. See, at that point, I wasn't focusing so much on what was happening to other people so much as all the (laughs) frogs frogs. getting destroyed. (laughs) All the frogs. (laughs) And just how crazy everyone's driving got. (laughs) Yeah, I also just love the build up too to Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like. You see so much, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? It's like eight what the fuck moments. And then he's just like, how are there frogs falling yeah. from the sky? Okay, that's John C. Riley's hero moment. He got out of the car to help him when the frogs <laughs> yeah. were pummeling him. It's like, I would have waited it out and then seen if he was okay. <laughs> I also love the way PTA is messing with the idea that this is a movie and all, like, because uh, Hoffman also has the other great line where he's like, I know this is like, if this was the scene in the movie with the guy, and I, I love that bit when he's on the phone, like, he, it is that scene in the movie, and he's calling it out. That, yeah, those moments always yeah, make me roll my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I like that. What else, what else do I have here that I want to talk about? I, like, I mentioned the music. Uh, Lauren disagrees. She hates Amy Man now. I don't hate but... her. I just got annoyed with her songs after this movie. <laughs> I, I will say the thing that I got the most out of this movie is that silently or silently judging you gif. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use that a lot. I mean, this movie definitely gave me not that I don't already appreciate them, but I just appreciate my parents so much more. <laughs> <laughs> John Bryan did the score for this. And he's, I love his scores every time out. So propulsive. That's why you can't, that's why I'm, it just keeps it moving. And, oh God, I love it. I'm so happy I own the vinyl. I threw the vinyl on in my house like a big nerd after I watched the movie and was making dinner. Yeah, I remember, I don't remember how they went, but they definitely helped keep the movie going. Like so much, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, obnoxious it's never but like intrusive. the first yeah. half hour or half hour the first half of the movie or so the part that i liked like the pace was so fast moving mm-hmm. but it it wasn't like to a fault like i appreciated that because i never felt bored with the storytelling or anything yeah or i just love the editing to like when uh the dad frank's dad has his i think it's his last time he talks but he's having this monologue this real depressing monologue and it just you're used to like a big musical montage, but you get this huge montage of this guy talking about his love and his failures in life and it contrasting against everything that's happening as it positions for just beautiful stuff all across the board there, which is fucking crazy. I want to look where I have this. I might have to re-rank this movie now that um, I recently watched it, but I don't know. Like I've mentioned on my, on the decades best podcast, PTA is lined up to have, Three movies in my top 25, potentially, and including number one for the decade, which is The Master. And, God, this guy is just fucking great. I hear his next script, though, is, like, he's going to make a movie out of a, like, 400-page script that he wrote, apparently, oh, or something like that. <laughs> so I'm wondering if he's going to get back, try oh, something good. big. It's another that. long the, movie. The opposite of what The Hobbit did. <laughs> Yeah, he said he's going to try to find a piece of it. Like, he maybe he wrote this big thing and maybe he was going to make a smaller part of it or something. What he should do is make another movie to further explore the stories at the beginning of this movie. 
Yeah, that was. Oh, I. What did you think of all those three little stories? Okay, I loved the last two. I don't really understand what was strange about the first one, unless I just miss it. Like, I seriously, a couple of times, all the guys' last names were the name of the street that the. Oh, okay. I just missed that. Like, there was so much stuff, like so much information being thrown at us (laughs) at the very beginning of the movie that I seriously had to rewind, like a freakish number of times, just to catch certain details and stuff, and I still miss that. So, it was a lot. I have this at five of his nine features that includes his documentary or his uh, he did a musical documentary, Johnny Greenwood, who now does his scores, uh, who did a album with a uh, Indian band. It's re- the music's really good. And the, actually, the documentary is a lot of fun, too. He's done a ton of um, he's been doing a ton of uh, music video work lately, especially for is it Haim or Ham? the band the I three don't know sisters i think haim haim he just did one a couple weeks ago for them and he's also done a lot with radiohead and tom york uh there's a fantastic short film that features music from um tom york's latest album uh anima is the name of that i highly recommend you go watch that it's been great 15 minutes but i also have magnolia above there will be blood which is some people consider the best movie of the 20th century. Lots of people do. Not me. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so... I also have Punch Drug Glove behind it, which is a movie that is like only... Uh, that's a 90-minute movie. That's the shortest movie. You should, uh, if you want some <laughs> shorter PTA action, and that is still Adam Sandler's best performance. Um, that's a low bar. No, he's been good in stuff, and he's really amazing in it. I think he's We're, been fine and stuff have you you, well okay he's good he can be good but magnolia i think i got most everything out on this we touched all the stories i can't praise tom cruise enough in this one here's Uh, a random question for you too seeing as you live seeing as you lived in california is Uh having an apartment number 1206 or wait, no, 12,605 and a half. Is that normal? Sometimes you get a half if someone has built a home in their backyard, which happens a lot in California. Mm. Who had the half address? The uh, the woman whose name I can't remember ever. Melora Waters? Julia yes. Moore? No, the, the drug Claudia. addict. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, man, when she sits there and is like contemplating... Whether she should take that line before she goes out. Oh, so sad. Man, she's got some balls. She does drugs and then <laughs> yeah. comes back out to the cop. <laughs> um, a lot of coke and Paul Thomas Anderson, Magnolia, and Boogie Notes. Now, Boogie as notes. someone, you probably aren't the correct person to ask either, but no, it's like, as not. someone who does, how much coke do you have to do before overdosing? Because she does a lot. I think, I think it's more quality yeah. versus quantity. If you do some shit that's been stepped on and cut and mixed with other terrible shit, like that's baking what soda. tends to fuck I'm you up. I assume that's what yeah. people mix it with. I don't know. Sugar. <laughs> I, heard, <laughs> I, heard Char- yeah. I heard Charlie Sheen could do enough to kill two and a half men. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a, a terrible joke. joke. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, we didn't mention Alfred Molina, who... Oh, yeah. In, oh, he had like... In, yeah. I was like, oh, it's Doc Ock. And he's gone. Okay. He's great, but he's amazing in that scene. Yeah, and he that was also a good scene. has yeah. in in Boogie Nights. He's in the the one of the best scenes in any movie ever. Is he's featured in? He's a one scene and out guy for these two Paul Thomas Anderson movies, and definitely leaves his mark in both of them. 
we didn't really give a lot to shout outs to Jason Robards, who uh, plays the dad, Earl, the, the dying dad. I think he's like, it's he's because we're no longer him. happy with him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, he apparently had just gone through cancer, oh, like treatment and stuff well, too, sucks. before he did this. <laughs> And he, uh, apparently it was very hard for him to do these scenes after he had just been dealing with yeah, I could imagine. being on death's doorstep, doorstep before that. So I imagine, yeah. Yeah, he did do a good job, no matter how mm-hmm. much I hate his character. That is mm-hmm. a compliment to his acting. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like that Joffrey Baratheon thing. Like, horrible human being. Great actor. So anybody got anything else on Magnolia? Um, just, I will ever, forever hate this character for threatening to kick dogs. <laughs> One of the best. He delivers that line so well, though. It's so fucking funny. I, it's true. I like, what did dogs so ever do to him when... other than the fact that his dad was a dog? Like, I, I laughed so hard when I saw Zach tweeted that because I'm like, Lauren is gonna fucking hate that because she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> He did kind of, I think at one point he did kind of flinch like he was kicking at a dog in it. And it did make me laugh. But it's like, don't you dare. I will come through this screen and kill you. Oh, does this make you want to watch more Paul Thomas Anderson? Like, is it intriguing enough? Like, you can tell, like, um, all right, this guy clearly knows how to make a, big, a movie. He's going for so much here. I mean, there's but... movies of his that I'll probably just never watch, like The Master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that I know I need to watch, like Inherent Vice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like with this and Inherent Vice, I feel like I could really like Boogie Nights because I feel like that's... Yeah, that's another from, one you always talk from, about. <laughs> from what I know about the story, like that sounds like something I would actually like really jive with. Boogie Nights uh, is much more traditional. I mean, it's a big, sprawling, like fast-paced, tons of character epic like this. But it's not as divided story-wise like everybody's kind of together don't worry ben i noticed your pun wait what pun (laughs) i guess it's not really a pun so much as just word choice you said you'd jive with boogie nights oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i meant to do that obviously (laughs) that's gonna do it for paul thomas anderson's magnolia frogs (laughs) still one of my favorite movies i would say um next week will be episode our next let's call it next episode hopefully these will both come <laughs> out relatively quick we got delayed in recording this one we really wanted lauren to be here yeah you jerks and i kept trying to avoid so, it <laughs> so we waited so long she was able to watch it in time so thank you so much to her. john was not able to join us if you were yes. able to tell we're, yet we're hoping well i don't know based on the amount that he talked in the last episode people might have thought he was still in this episode <laughs> Oh. Poor John. He we set paid. a record for the least amount of talking, I think, in that last uh, I know, I think I actually made person. comment about it. <laughs> you did. We're going to be doing Watchmen for our episode 100. It is a 2009 flashback picked by Mr. Venn. And... 2009 slash 1985 flashback. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> slash 2019 flash forward. Yeah, as we get ready yeah. for the new Damon Lindelof produced series, which I really can't wait to see how that, how much it's playing to this movie it's or the not. comic book. That, or... that takes place after the movie? Yes, it's a sequel to the graphic novel. It does okay. not tie into the movie. The movie makes some key differences in the ending, and yeah. this plays off of the, the graphic novel's ending. Gotcha. He's also calling it a remix on Watchmen, so I, I wonder how fast and loose he's going to play with. Like, I wonder if he's going to establish the Watchmen mythology 
of the comic book by mixing it up a little bit. Like, he might change a couple things from the comic book so he can tell his story. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And we can talk about it on that podcast. Until then, I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Goldenberg. You can find us at middleofrow.com. You should rate and review us wherever you listen to this podcast. It'll help more people potentially find and listen to this thing that we've done for a long time now. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. Hashtag know the. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. And I'm Lauren Highball. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Ben, you usually go up at the end of your sign off. You, went, you stay pretty neutral on your voice. You changed it up. Thanks for listening. Go watch Zack Snyder's Watchmen. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. You struck me Come on.